just love being together as the family of God, isn't it? That God has given us technology that we can still connect uh, during these days. And uh, thank you to those of you faithfully tuning in and, uh, and sharing in, in what God's doing. You know, uh, th- there have been some studies that have been undertaken during this time. And for those people who have remained connected into the local assembly through online uh, platforms, it's been shown that they have had way less stress in their lives through that connection. Isn't that phenomenal? <laughs> you know, we're not just doing this because we've got nothing better to do, but actually through staying connected to the body, even th- through these electronic means, we have seen that people's lives have been impacted and uh, the transformation that God is wanting to bring in our lives, actually it continues even through this time, through the season. So just want to say, um, you know, well done to those of you who've been uh, tuning in, uh, you know, faithfully. And, uh, and you're going to see the benefits of that in, in your life. So, so good. One of the things we, we love to do is uh, take some time to pray, pray into the nation. And what I'd love for us to do is, is to pray that fear would be uprooted in our lives and that faith would actually be planted, right? So we're actually about cultivating things here. And sometimes you've got to uproot something in order to make room that you might plant something else. And so fear actually needs to be uprooted out of our lives. And uh, this is so, so important, you know. There, there are waves. When we talk about a storm, you know, there, there can be times when, when, uh, when the tide rises. And it's not just one particular wave that brings in the high tide, but it's multiple waves coming in. And I've referred to this before. And so we, we find that, you know, we might have managed with a wave last week and the week before that, but there's just another wave that comes. You're kind of like, oh, my goodness. You know, this is like too much. This is overwhelming. And that's why we need to constantly be centering ourselves in the Lord and ensuring that we are on the rock. You know, when we're on the rock, Jesus gave that parable. You, know, you build your house on the rock, you're going to stand. And so we don't want to be those who on the sinking sand and uh, that the house comes crashing down. And so I want to encourage you, you know, let's not give way to fear. We've actually got to uproot it out of our lives, and then we have to intentionally plant faith, all right? We are people of the faith, meaning we are to live by faith every day, uh, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, every single day is a choice to live by faith, that we continue to believe in the Lord and trust in Him. And so as we do that, we're cultivating, we're planting faith in our lives that we can believe and trust Him that He's good, He's faithful, He's able, and that He's willing to watch over us, to shield and protect us, to provide for us, and to cause His good to come about in our lives. So let's pray together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are working powerfully in our lives. Thank you that you're working in our families. Thank you that you're working in our suburbs and you're working in our city. Thank you that this is a time where you are shaking things and you're loosening the ground 
so that it's easier for fear and doubt to actually be uprooted and that we choose to anchor ourselves on the bedrock, the foundation of our faith is you, Jesus. You are our rock. And so we establish ourselves in faith, in you, in believing you, in trusting in your word, trusting in your nature and your character, and trusting in your purposes and your will for our lives. And so we say, Lord, would you do this not just in our lives and in our immediate family, but even in our suburb, that you would cause us as a region to turn from fear towards faith. And let this be a time of great kingdom advance. We're also asking, Lord, for your hand upon those who are working in the medical community, that you would strengthen them, that their immune systems would be supernaturally boosted. We're also asking, Lord, for the hospital in our particular area, that you would strengthen those who are right there on the front line. This is our area, our jurisdiction, and you've given us authority in this particular place. So we're asking, Lord, strengthen them. Would you give us words of encouragement that we might pray and declare, and that our, our people that we know in this particular region would be strengthened by your grace to reach out with hands of love and kindness and compassion and bring healing to those who are suffering at this time. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for praying with us. You know, our prayers make an enormous difference um, just in the environment, in this region. It's because we pray that things begin to shift and to change. So keep on praying. You know, it doesn't have to be eloquent prayers. It's just that we're connecting our heart to the Lord and to His plan and His purposes. And then we're going to see things beginning to shift and change. And again, you know, the storm is right on us. Um, but we don't need to fear. We can be with Jesus, right, in the boat, in the storm. And Jesus is like, He's totally at peace that he's even resting. He's asleep in the boat. He's so uh, at peace. And, um, and so with us, even though we're facing this, the peak of the storm here in Gauteng, we can be in rest, in peace, in quiet trust and confidence that God is able. He's going to carry us through. And, um, and so let's keep our faith and our trust in him. So I want to, this morning, just uh, continue to encourage you about crossing over into the destiny that God has for us. You know, there, there's so many things that are, are wanting to hinder us during this time of lockdown. And, you know, some people are in, in heightened isolation. All these different sort of, uh, on, on the spectrum of life, you know, they're the, the different places that many of us find ourselves in. We're not all in exactly the same spot. Perhaps uh, we've got underlying health conditions, and so we need to be more conservative about uh, our movements. Uh, maybe you're in an industry that you, you don't have the liberty to, to operate and to trade freely. Maybe, on the other hand, you've been on the front lines and you've been added day after day, and it's kind of like, oh my goodness, this has actually been far more intense than, than if it wasn't 
lockdown. And so we, we find ourselves as a community in, in different places on the spectrum. But nevertheless, there are things in God that we need to cross over the barrier, like the Jordan River was a barrier between the people of God and their inheritance, their promised land. And not only was it just that there was this river, but it was harvest time. And during the harvest time in, in Israel, because of the, the snow that's melting off Mount Hermon, the, the Jordan is in flood stage. So it's, it's like even more impossible to cross over. And yet God calls his people to transition during the time when it seemed impossible for mankind. And so we're facing so many things in the world where it seems like this is an impossible season for us to advance. How are we supposed to get to the double portion that God prophesied to us at the beginning of the year? It's like, man, Corona is like this Jordan River that's in flood and it's a barrier and we can't actually cross over. We can't enter in and we can't take possession of the very promises that God has given to us. But yet, God calls us to step into the impossible because we can only see the God who can do the impossible breaking into our lives and breaking through the barriers when we're faced with these hurdles. Right? If we could do all these things in our own strength and our own ability, we wouldn't need to be a supernatural people trusting in a supernatural God to do supernatural things. We could just do it with our own abilities and strength. But God is calling us into a life way beyond what we are able to do, what we're capable of. This is our life. This is what we've been called to. And so we face obstacles that we might have to step beyond what we can do we have to partner with God, co-labor with Him, so that we can see Him breaking through supernaturally, sovereignly, into this world, in our lives and through our lives, that we might be living signposts, being a witness and, and a testimony to God's power and His ability to just blow our brains and to do what only He can do. So don't be afraid of difficult circumstances. It creates an opportunity for God to come through powerfully. And, and this is exactly what he's doing in this time. And so this is a time where we as believers actually step up. We come into our own. This is not a time where we shrink back and we, 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 we you know, like retreat. No, internally, spiritually, and therefore also mentally, because we have the mind of Christ, we have hope, we have confidence, we have an expectation that God is going to do amazing things for us and through us, and that this is the time to shine. This is the time to arise. This is the time to step into the promises that God has for us. Because it actually proves that no matter what the enemy is doing, God is bigger He's stronger, he's more powerful, 
And his plans and purposes override whatever the devil plans. <laughs> and so, come on, let us stir up again our confidence in the Lord. Last week we started looking at Joshua chapter 3. And uh, so it's a story that transitions uh, or, uh, two chapters, Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4. I want to just step into that a little bit for us today. But in chapter 3, we, we saw a couple of really interesting things, that there was this shift and change in season. You see, they'd been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, and they would only move when the cloud of God's presence moved. And so when the cloud moved, then the people would break up camp and they'd move and follow the cloud. But now, in this transition, God was saying to them, when you see the, the Levites pick up the ark, which represented the presence of God, and they carry it and they move forward, that's the indication that you must now move. A change of season has resulted in a change of methodology. As we step into the new of the season, as we get our upgrade into 2020 and this whole decade, Let's be listening to the leading of the Spirit because He's going to give us new things. During our daily inspiration times, we've been in Isaiah 43. And it's all around God is with us. You can go through the flood. You can go through the fire. Don't worry. He's got us. He is God. And then it goes on and says, I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? And so God is bringing us into a new season. He's doing new things. And he's got new ways for us to be attentive to his movements that we might move with him. We're stepping up to an upgrade. <laughs> God is calling us to a place of greater maturity. So the previous dispensation or the previous season, God is doing different things. And he's causing us to be alert and attentive to the new things that he's doing. And that we might respond, not according to the old season, but that we might partner with him into the new season. Because the new season is an upgrade. Okay? When they were in the wilderness, God provided manna. Fantastic. Just enough for every day. Supernatural. Phenomenal. Hallelujah. They step out of the wilderness and now they cross over into the promised land, the manna stops. Oh no, God, you're abandoning us. No, giving them an upgrade. You see, when they were under manna, there was only just enough for each day. <laughs> Come on. When they stepped into the promised land, they got harvest. They got abundance. They stepped into the more than enough. God is causing us to step across into a new season of abundance into the more than enough. So don't fear and don't panic because the old season is drawing to a close and the manna season of our lives is closing down. No, it's so that we can leave the past behind, forget the former things, step into the new because God has got a new way of following him, of listening to his voice, 
being led by the Spirit, following the presence of God, but also stepping into increase and abundance because it's harvest time. <laughs> they crossed the Jordan and they reaped a harvest of a crop they had not even sown. <laughs> Come on, is this not just blowing your brain? God had prepared a harvest in advance for them to go and reap, and they had not even plowed the ground or planted that or tended it. They just had to step in and reap the harvest. It was a divine setup for increase. They immediately stepped into harvest. <laughs> in this time, so many people filled with fear and anxiety because we have not gone this way before. And, and those were the words that Joshua said to the people in Joshua chapter 3 and, and verse uh, 4. He says, you've not been this way before, so look and see what God is doing. Follow what he's doing, follow his leading, because he's taking you into new territory, and he's going to do new things among you. All right? And so as we step into the new things, God is, is, is releasing abundance to us, harvest to us, and we, we, we're going to see the Lord giving us the ability to partner with him, to co-labor with him, that we might see kingdom advance and kingdom increase. This is a time of great harvest in the kingdom. Don't you just love this? Yeah, so we don't need to partner with fear and anxiety because the old is, you know, being put on ice. It's been packed away. No, let's embrace this new season with confidence and hope, with an expectation that God is good, He's good all the time, and that He's going to lead us from one level of glory to a new level of glory, and that He's going to open up the new things of the kingdom of God to us that we might mature, we might step up into the things that He has for us. So, let's, uh, let's look here in, uh, in Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan... The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the 12 stories from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. 
Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. Now the priests who carried the Ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over. I'm sure the guys standing in the middle were pretty happy about that, that the people hurried over. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side where, while the people watched. Now the men of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they crossed over ready for battle in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. So there were the three tribes who said, you know what, we want to stay on the other side, the Transjordan tribes. And they said, listen, we actually are really happy with this, with this land. And they asked Moses if they could settle there. And Moses said, sure, you guys can stay there. But I tell you what, you still have to come across, send your fighting men across, and we're going to war together because it's all 12 tribes together are, are going to take the, the promised land. And so the fighting men from these tribes crossed over with the rest of, of the Israelites. Verse 14, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Oh, my goodness. We'll touch on this in a moment. So on the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and they camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your children ask the parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. What a beautiful account of God's dealings with his people as they are transitioning from the time of the wilderness into taking hold of the promised land. Now, the whole thing of the promised land, stories for another day, major battles, God had promised, he gave it to them, but they still had to go and apprehend it. Huge lessons for us there. But here, as we're talking about the crossing over, a couple of things that are just absolutely amazing in the story. 
Now we noted last week that it was only when the priests put their feet in the water that all of a sudden, miraculously, the waters piled up upstream and then the rest of it drank down to the Dead Sea. And then immediately the ground became like dry ground. Now, we grew up at the coast. We were at um, river mouths that would come into the sea. And uh, we'd go, you know, uh, fishing or we'd go looking for prawns that we could, you know, use for bait. And, you know, you go with your prawn pump. And, and when you step into the, the river bank, you know, when the tide goes out, you sloshing down, you know, it's well, you know, into your ankles, maybe even knee deep, and sometimes you go slicking all the way down to your thighs. And uh, it's a lot of fun as kids because it's a big mess. But the thing is that because the, the ground is so saturated with the water that it is muddy. So we get another miracle taking place instantaneously that the riverbed turned to dry ground instantaneously, that hundreds of thousands, maybe a couple of million people, could cross over in one day. I mean, that is an enormous number of people crossing in a short period of time. And if they were all going over the same place, man, they would have been up to their necks in the mud. <laughs> so we can see how important this miracle was. And it happened different from the way they crossed the Red Sea. Remember the Red Sea, 40 years earlier, it had, the wind, the Ruach of God had blown all night and it created these huge big walls of water on either side. And then they could see it when they woke up the next morning, those that were able to sleep because they were pretty pretty worried about the Egyptian army that was, you know, bearing down on them. But they could see, look, wow, there's the path. Okay, we can go. But now, 40 years later, God is doing something different with a new generation. We see some principles carrying through, but we see some differences that are being instituted by the Lord. Again, what is God saying to us in this season that is perhaps similar to the last season, but is unique to this crossing over? Let's be aware that God has got new things and new ways for us to cross over. And so as they put their feet into the river, it's flooding, and immediately upstream it backs up, downstream it all drains away. We see at the end of chapter 4 that when the priests were called up out of the middle of the river, only as they set their feet back onto the river bank did the water come down. And it came down immediately back to flood stage. I mean, whoosh! Talk about timing. It's God's supernatural timing. Yeah? miraculously, as they put their feet in the water, it piled up upstream. And miraculously, as they put their feet back onto the river bank, it flooded as full flood stage immediately. God gives us windows of opportunity to cross over. 
Let's be attentive to the leading of the Spirit that we might be in the right place at the right time and take advantage of what God is doing and what He's opening up for us. This is really, really important because there is an opportunity for us against all the odds for us to cross over. God's people listening to His voice, looking to see what God is doing against all the odds is going to cause you to transition for your upgrade. Remember, we're moving from manna, which is, I mean, marvelous, magnificent, but we're moving from the place of just enough to the place of harvest, to the place of abundance, to the place of more than enough, to the place of prophetic promise and the inheritance of God. So God is causing us to cross over to an upgrade to the more, to the double portion. 2020, the year of plenty. <laughs> and of course, this applies to the decade that lies ahead. Now, everything in the natural is pointing against God's plans and purposes. One other thing I want to draw to our attention here. What was different now to this generation who had a crossover into the promised land from the previous generation that we saw in Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14? This is with Moses. Now Mo has sent out the spies and they've gone out and they've trekked around and they came back with a report from the land and they brought huge clusters of grapes. It took two men with a pole on their shoulders just to be able to carry one huge cluster of grapes. And they, they brought the fruit of the land. They said, yes, it's exactly what God said. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and here's some of the produce. It is absolutely amazing. It's even better than we imagined. It's better than how God described it. But there are giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes, as well as we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Because they were huge, there were these giants in the land. What is different now, a generation later, as they're crossing over to enter into the promised land? What's different? Well, a couple of things are, are interestingly different here. You see, 40 years earlier, they didn't have to go across at flood stage. They could have actually just walked across. It was now even more difficult in terms of the circumstances to step into the promises of God. You know what? With this coronavirus and all the difficulty in terms of our economy and various other uh, factors that are influencing and impacting our world, it seems to be even more difficult for us to cross over into the prophetic promises that God has for us. But the difference is that the people of God, when they crossed over the Jordan, they didn't have the same grasshopper mentality that the previous generation had. You see, it was, 
It was Joshua and it was Caleb. Caleb, a man of a different spirit. He said, God has said, and surely we can take him. And that same spirit, you see, Caleb and Joshua were the only two of the 12 spies from 40 years earlier who were crossing over the Jordan to enter into the promised land. The other 10 had been wiped out by the plague. Oh my goodness, are you listening to this? That grasshopper mentality was wiped out by the plague. Uh, this hit me between the eyes as I was reading this again. Those 10 who came with a bad report, filled with negativity, fear, doubt, unbelief, it's not like they lived to a ripe age and then somewhere in the 40 years, you know, they passed away as that whole generation passed away. No. Within days of coming back with that bad report, all 10 who came with a bad report were infected with a plague and they dropped down. Guys, we cannot allow fear, doubt, and unbelief to plague us and cause us to, to in a sense, die off in the wilderness and not be able to cross over into our promised land. We need to rise up with the same heart, mind, spirit of Joshua and Caleb. Caleb, a man of a different spirit, wholeheartedly followed after God. That we might rise up and say, you know what, bring on the giants, we're going to take him. Why? Because God said we can take him. Because I'm strong? No, that's that. Look, I'm fighting fit and I'm going to go for it because God is enabling me. But it's actually not because of my strength, it's because of God's strength, His power, and He has said He's promised and He's going to do it. So, you know what? Let's step into the promises of God and let's believe what He said. And you know what? These giants are coming down. Our inheritance is there. As I close, the the representatives, there were 12 guys representing each of the 12 tribes. They took a large rock, a stone, from the middle of the Jordan. And they carried it to where they camped that night, near Gilgal. And Joshua and these guys, they set up this memorial with these 12 stones. That future generations might see the sign of God's dealings with his people that they might be able to remember what God has done okay remember they'd come through the Red Sea there were great celebrations but you know what that was back in the wilderness and they you know we don't want to go all the way back to the wilderness to go and see the testimony the sign so here we are in the promised land and they set up a memorial a testimony a signpost prophetically pointing what God has done in the past, this is the same God is with us. He can do it again in the future. And the breakthroughs that God has given to us. Remember, the prophetic word was God is going to go on ahead of you. He's going to cross over ahead of you. 
You'll see that very clearly in, in the New American Standard Bible in um, Joshua chapter 3 and, and verse 11. So God is speaking really clearly that he's crossing over, he's making this breach, as it were, the God of the breakthrough. And, and so we're able to move into the purposes of God. And it's a testimony that God, he's done it before, he's going to do it again. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we have a testimony that God has broken through in faithfulness, in provision, in protection, in peace, in life, in health, in strength, all of these things. So when these things come against us, we hold our ground, we hold on to the truth. God has revealed himself. He is the breaker, the one who crosses over before us. And he's going to give us the breakthrough. Folks, in our lives, God is going to give us the breakthrough that we might step into the prophetic promises that he's given to us. And this is our inheritance. This is why we are filled with hope and confidence. Because we know that God is good, he's faithful, and he's able. So let us cross over with the Spirit of God. When He calls, we follow. We step out from the place where we were, just wandering in circles, in isolation, in wilderness. It's time to cross over, to lay hold of what God has for us. We are entering into a new season. It's got nothing to do with lockdown or no lockdown. It's about what God is doing in our hearts and our minds that we might take hold of what he has for us. This is the new season and it's starting now. We don't have to wait for the lockdown to be over before we're able to step into what he has for us. Let's begin to lay hold of these things by faith, in obedience. Let's follow his leading and let's see God come through for us in powerful ways. So let me pray with you. Thank you, Lord, that this is our time, that this is our season, that you are doing powerful things on our behalf. Thank you for your words that you've spoken to us, prophetically giving us the outline of the future long before we even knew what we were going to be facing. And you spoke these words to give us hope that we might trust you that you would do a good thing, that you would do a powerful thing, and that when we're in the middle of the storm, we know that that is not our destination. We're going to go through it because we haven't yet come out to the other side to what you had promised we would inherit. So we hold on to you, Lord, that you are not finished with us, that you are the God of breakthrough. You're crossing over ahead of us. You're creating a breach in the boundary that we might enter through, there's a pathway. In fact, you're even creating a highway, dry ground through the riverbed. You're creating ways that are supernatural that we might cross over to apprehend what you have for us. Lord, let faith and hope rise up within your people today. That your prophetic words and promises still stand. They still remain. They're still there for us. So we... Step up in obedience, knowing that you are our God, 
and that you're going to lead us in victory. May your name be magnified in our lives and through our lives. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen.